Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 43. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry, and we do that by listening to the industry's most successful restaurant professionals, and uh, we take their advice and uh, apply it to our own lives and our own passions and our own careers and uh, just knock it out of the park. Um, You know what today is? It's Authority Thursday, and I have a great one for you today. We are going to just tell you everything and anything there is to know about getting started to make your restaurant a little bit more allergy friendly. But before we do that, let me just remind you to uh, please go on iTunes and give me a five-star review. You have no idea how much this helps me and how much it gets the word out. And uh, the more you help me get the word out, the more people this content will reach and the more people I'll be able to help. And that's what I'm here for. At the end of the day, is trying to help people out. So uh, it's kind of in your hands. You guys need to share the content and uh, you have no idea how incredibly grateful I will be if you do that for me. Anyway, uh, don't forget to connect with me. Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+. Don't forget Twitter. I'm out there, and I really want to hear your thoughts on the show. And uh, I'm constantly trying to do what I can to make this as most valuable to you as possible. But I can't do that unless you let me know what you think. So please, uh, talk to me. Let me know. What's up? Enjoy today's show. It's going to be a good one. You better take notes. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Paul Antico. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing well today, Eric. Thank you. Awesome. I'm just going to give a quick introduction and pass it over to you, and you can elaborate a little bit more. Uh, Paul is the founder and CEO of AllergyEats.com and, and a father of three fur, food allergic children. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Paul, and uh, what it is that you do and uh, what we're going to learn from you today. Sure. Um... Like I said, uh, uh, like you said, I am the CEO and founder of Allergy Eats. Allergy Eats is the largest online guide to allergy-friendly restaurants, and uh, basically, this was born out of the fact that I, I am the father of three food allergic children, five children total, and we ran into a problem that a lot of people with food allergies do, which is trying to find restaurants that are accommodating to the food allergy community. So, with that problem in mind, uh, about five years ago. I left my former job in the financial services industry after 17 wonderful years and decided it was time uh, to, um, uh, to take advantage of my entrepreneurial side and start Allergy Eats. So why did you decide to uh, tackle this uh, issue so hard with, with allergies? What was it that made you um, just really totally focus your life on this? Well, it was, a, it was a personal issue to us, of course, where, you know, as mentioned, we, we had a difficult time as a family of seven um, finding restaurants that were truly allergy-friendly. And it would take time, whether we were in New York City, where a lot of the restaurants are really busy, a lot of the kitchens are small, or in, in a small town like, say, Lake Placid, New York, where you have a lot of uh, temporary, uh, temporary labor. You have um, uh, restaurants that are very you know, mom and pop and, and aren't focused on other things. So this came out of a, a, personal, a personal need. And, and you know, as I thought about 
how we find uh, how we can create a list of allergy-friendly restaurants, it dawned on, me, uh, dawned on me that really the only way to do this was to crowdsource it and get other people involved. Awesome. Um, and it just goes to show that uh, in this market, in this industry, whenever there's a, a group of people that are really having a problem, um, we need to capitalize and uh, kind of uh, meet the needs of those people. And you're just a, an example of one of those people that uh, you know was, was up against it so hard trying to find a restaurant or a place that, that you could safely bring your whole family to go. Um, just to eat and not have to worry about one of your kids getting sick and having to run to the hospital in the, the middle of your meal. So I'm sure you're not alone, and this is why we need to pay attention to uh, Paul today because he's going to, you know, explain to us, you know, what's going on out there and why we need to be uh, conscious of this this epidemic in our our uh, our world today. And uh, I guess I'll let you elaborate a little bit more. But but the point I'm trying to make is uh, there's definitely a target market out there for people who are looking for this kind of service. So listen to what he has to say, and he'll tell us what we can do to make our restaurants accommodate these people who need the help. Uh, would, do you want to add anything to that before I ask you the first question? Yeah, I would say that um, you know this is a really, really uh, tight community. We're really all in this together. And, and you know, in a lot of cases, it's our children that are affected by food allergies. Now, food allergies affect adults as well. But with all the children being affected by food allergies today, uh, any of you that are parents know that you generally put your children's health and well-being well ahead of your own. So it is a very, very tight community. Yeah. So whether it's Allergy Eats or the many other people that are starting up either food allergy nonprofits or, or small food allergy businesses, it, it really, it's, a, it's a tight community of people working together, really trying to help each other, and it's a spectacular community to be a part of. That's great. That truly is great. And uh, before we dive into the content of this interview, I have to ask, are you ready to drop some bombs of knowledge on us that are going to make all of our restaurant dreams just a little bit more unstoppable? Absolutely, that's the goal. That <laughs> Great. Well, uh, so just give us a quick background. What do we need to know about allergies? Like, where where was it ten years ago, and where are we today? And I guess uh, where is it headed? And what do we need to know uh, for the basics as a restaurant owner to kind of make ourselves aware of this issue? Well, the most important thing you need to know um, is also the most unfortunate, which is we don't know why food allergies have grown so dramatically in the last ten or twenty years, and, and more importantly, they're not going away. We're nowhere near a cure. We like to, you know, we like to talk about ways of kind of putting band-aids on the problem and maybe desensitizing some of the food allergy community. But at the end of the day, we're just nowhere near a cure. So if you're a restaurateur, this is an issue you have to deal with. You've got, you know, 12 to 15 million Americans right now that have food allergies. Put on top of that, three million Americans who've been diagnosed with celiac disease. Now, celiac is not technically an allergy, but it has to be treated the same way. And then you put on top of that all the people have other food intolerances, and you're dealing with a very, very large percentage of the population, 5% plus. And when you think about it, these 5% dine out with others. And guess who has the veto vote in the party? Guess who decides which restaurants the entire party goes to? It's always the individual with food allergies. So if you think the community is 5% of the population, and they, on average the party size is three, you're talking about 15% market share that can swing one way or the other. That's huge. That is my huge. Family, yeah, my family alone, if you can't accommodate my middle son, who has the most allergies of all my kids, then you've just lost seven of us. And when we're together as an extended family, you, know, you can lose 11, 12, 13 of us, depending on how many there are. So it's a big problem. It's growing. It's not just children. A lot of people want to think it's children, but there's also been a surge in what's called adult-onset food allergies. In those cases, it's particularly shellfish and peanuts. But 
allergies can be to anything. We talk about the big eight, which is peanuts, tree nuts, dairy, egg, sesame, wheat, fish, and shellfish. Those big eight are supposedly account for 90% of food allergies in America. That said, I know people, or I have people on allergies that have food allergies to well over 250 different items. So it's not as simple as saying, well, let's create you know, an X-free menu, whatever X is. Let's create a dairy-free menu or a peanut-free menu. It's really about understanding food allergies, but also understanding that the kids today with food allergies, they're growing up. They're going to start dining out more on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to dine out more with their families. You have more adults with food allergies. You have more children being diagnosed. So unfortunately, this is a big, you know, I, I don't want to call it an epidemic, but it sure seems like an ep epidemic that's mm -hmm. not going away anytime soon. And there's a lot of theories as to why this is happening. They haven't proven anything yet, but, I mean, we don't know why it's happening, but we know it's happening. Um, that's the yeah. important thing. And another thing that's really important that I want to point out is that um, this isn't a trend. This is an environmental factor. Like, this isn't psychographics. This isn't people wanting to do the new hip thing. And to a little degree, it is because of, you know, people trying to eat healthier. But this is an environmental factor that's uh, being, it, that's forcing this, um, this uh, I guess, this, this reaction in the marketplace. So it's not something that's going to come and go unless they find a cure or they figure out, you know, what's causing it and they stop it. But, I mean, I'll, when things like this, when environmental factors like this happen, it, it shifts markets. Um, it's not. Well, this is, Eric, this is this 15% that I refer to that have true food allergies and true celiac disease, absolutely it's a severe medical condition. Mm -hmm. with, with respect to food allergies, um, you know, it can cause anything from, a lot, a lot of us know about allergies from as we grew up, mm -hmm. and, and I'm in my 40s, so a lot of us didn't know people with food allergies, but I've always had seasonal allergies, and you can get the hives and the runny nose yeah. and the itching and the swelling. In these cases, with food allergies, you can get those symptoms you can get a lot more. A lot of times it affects the GI tract. You can get vomiting. Mm -hmm. You can get anaphylaxis. Anaphylaxis is when, you know, a, a lot of children, one of mine as well, if you just touch a peanut or a tree nut or even peanut tree nut proteins to your tongue, your throat can close. And unfortunately, it's an issue that can be fatal. Now, on the plus side, there, there's medication. It's generally called an EpiPen, but it's epinephrine. It's a self-injecting auto-injector. And individuals with food allergies and anaphylactic food allergies aren't carrying that with them, then they're being incredibly irresponsible. So mm -hmm. there is a life-saving medication, but at the same time, as a restaurateur, you don't want the paramedics having to run into your uh, restaurant on a busy Saturday night to take out someone who's gotten a food allergy because of misinformation at the mm -hmm. restaurant. But, but to your original point, that 15 million I talked about, those are people with true allergies that have to avoid them. You do have a lot of people, up to 30% of the, of the U.S. population that wants to go gluten-free. That's very different. Some people have to be gluten-free if they have celiac disease. Some people want to. And in addition with allergies, it's very unfortunate, but some people who don't like a food these days will just say, hey, I have an allergy to, say, onions, uh, because they don't like it, and they figure that's the easiest way not to have to explain it. And that's unfortunate because... If you know if servers and other wait staff you know then see the person eating something with onions, they get they get confused about whether or not food allergies for real are for real. But they absolutely are for real. Restaurants need to take them seriously every single time a diner comes in saying they have a food allergy. Absolutely, and um, I guess the point that I was just trying to make was that there's definitely a market here, and definitely something that we should be focusing on um, in accommodating and uh, tr meeting the needs of these people because uh, it will only turn by serving these folks, it will only turn around to serve us. Is I guess basically what I was trying to get at. But yeah, you just bring some more information to the table that kind of just goes to reinforce um, 
why we need to be more educated on the matter as well. So I guess now that we talked about, you know, it's here, uh, we can't do anything about it um, except, you know, try to accommodate it. What do we, what can we do as a restaurant to um, be kind of more allergy friendly? So can you take us there? Sure. Um, so there are a couple of things. Uh, the, the most important thing for a restaurant to be allergy friendly is to make the commitment, the commitment from the top. It sounds stupid, it sounds easy, but if the owner of a restaurant or if the, the senior management of a chain don't make that commitment, it won't make its way down the line all the way to the server. But if you as an owner or you as a chain CEO say, food allergies are important, we want to accommodate this population, we have to do it right, everybody else is going to realize they have to get it right. And frankly, the compensation, their career is going to be based on it. So that commitment is the most important thing. The, the financial investment is very low. Um, frankly, it can be under $1,000, uh, and the payoff can be great, and I can talk about that in a second. But for a restaurant tour, for a restaurant to be food allergy-friendly after that, there are a couple of steps they should go through. The first is it's absolutely necessary to have a training program. Now, the training program for staff can be very basic. It can just be a training program that, you know, there are videos online. Some are just a half hour, some are longer just to tell them about what a food allergy is, um, you know, how you handle a food allergy when someone says they have one. And in a lot of cases, it'll just say bring over a manager. Um, the staff can certainly take one of the more comprehensive programs, but there are basic ones. But the management of a restaurant, the senior management of a restaurant, the owners, the staff, they should really be either um, creating in-house programs for all their staff or taking, um, uh, taking a program such as Allertrain, which is one of the major programs or, or, you know, or one of the others. There are, there's kind of a cottage industry growing up providing training to restaurants, and Allotrain has kind of become the, uh, the best program out there. With these, these training programs will teach you a lot about the following factors, and, and these are the things that, again, restaurants need to know. One is every restaurant has to have procedures and protocols in place when a food allergic diner comes into the restaurant. And part of that starts with as soon as they come in, the, the the food allergic diners sit down. Once they say they have a food allergy, what happens next? So generally, it starts with communications. The, well, first of all, it starts with the server taking it seriously and understanding that this can be a serious you know, medical condition, and generally alerting a manager or alerting a chef, having somebody come out to the table to talk with the diners. These are all possibilities. The, the, you know, the server, the, uh, sorry, the, the chef or the um, manager don't have to come to the table, but it's, a, it's one of the good policies and procedures you can put in place. But either way, that food allergy has to be communicated back to the kitchen. There has to be a discussion about the, the item on the menu that the individual wants to order. What can they order? What can't they order? Are there substitutions that can be made so that a certain menu item can be changed and be more accommodating for someone to say a dairy allergy? And there are people that can help restaurants figure that out as well. Once that's done and you know, once the communication has gone to the back of the house, the most important thing is not just preparing the meal without that individual's allergen, but preventing cross-contamination is essential. With cross-contamination, if I were to, say, order um, a salad that generally has, say, walnuts or pecans or something on it, and I have a tree nut allergy, I send it back because hopefully somebody's caught it, but if I caught it, I send it back. It's not enough to just take those walnuts those, or the pecans out of it. Once those proteins have touched something else in that salad, they can stay there. And, again, that can be deadly. Or, you know, if I take uh, one of my children with a dairy allergy to um, an ice cream shop to get sorbet, dairy-free sorbet, we have to make sure that the scoop that's used to scoop the sorbet has not been in ice cream. 
because that little amount of dairy can have a horrendous reaction on him. As a matter of fact, if you want sprinkles on a cone, um, at least the place that we go to, they're wonderful. They always pour the sprinkles directly from the package rather than roll the cone in the same sprinkles the, the ice cream has been in. So that cross-contamination, understanding that is critical for the restaurant. And then every restaurant has their own way of kind of making sure that the food allergic diner gets the right meal. In a lot of cases, a manager will walk that meal through the entire chain, you know, through the entire um, process and back to the diner at the end. Some will put um, the food allergic diner's dish on a different colored plate or a different shaped plate, or they'll put, you know, a, um, uh, a toothpick in. Uh, anything that indicates, hey, this is this is the meal that we prepared this way without dairy, without fish, without eggs. Mm-hmm. So, again, the biggest part is commitment. And once you made the commitment, and once you decide to be to be trained and to train your staff, all of the rest of the stuff that I'm talking about, that should all be part of a training program. Awesome. So, just to recap, um, the I believe it was six things you covered were commitment, uh, training, uh, procedures communication and across contamination. So sorry, I guess it was only five things that we had mentioned, but um, yeah, th- those are all extremely important. And uh, it kind of reminds me back to how important it is just to have procedures in place for everything, because, you know, you might be out of the restaurant and you might have a, a guest who is allergy um, sensitive. And if you're not there to handle it, you need to have these procedures written in place so you can handle it correctly. Uh, so it's really important uh, th- just to write it, all the, these things down and to have them in procedures. But um, can you think of any resources, Paul? Because uh, you, you talk about you know having these procedures and protocols in place. Is there a place that we can go? Um, and you had mentioned Alatrain, and maybe this is like, the resource uh, you're talking about. But where we can go and it kind of breaks it all down for us, or at least gives us the skeleton um, of how to get started and to start putting these procedures in place. Like, what's the first step to put these procedures in place? Well, it, it really is going through the right training program. And if it's not a, a training program per se, like Alatrain. It's finding, um, you know, one of the individuals in the cottage industry. Generally, people who are in the food allergy world but have um, restaurant experience that can train individuals. There's also, you know, we have at Allergies, we have an annual conference. It's a food allergy conference for restaurateurs, the only one of its kind. And we go through this, and we have restaurateurs that are excellent at accommodating food allergic patrons talk about um, how they do that, why they do that. We have actually the, the uh, CEO of uh, a company called Menu Trinfo. They're the ones that run the Allotrain program. She'll speak at the conference as well. I'll speak about why it makes sense to be allergy-friendly. So it's a great opportunity. This year, if you don't mind the shameless plug, this year it's uh, October 21st, a Tuesday in New York City. And if people want more information on that, they can go to allergyeats.com slash conference. Um, but outside of that, there are some uh, some sites, I think, allergyhome.org. I think has information. There's now a new Serve Safe for Allergens program from the National Restaurant Association. So there are different resources out there, but it might require a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of searching. Just so you know, if you're interested in uh, digging a little deeper and looking up some of these services like Allotrain and Serve Safe uh, to uh, use at your own restaurants, just check out the show notes. Uh, Restaurant Unstoppable slash. 43 for episode 43 and uh, i'll have all the links to everything we're talking about right there for you to uh, link up to and uh basically just to regurgitate what you're saying paul i mean these are the basics but uh you know just start with these links and then go from there to kind of figure it out yeah there are very there are again very basic programs if you just want to learn the basics so that um 
so that you're protecting yourself. Um, and again, like I said, there's, there's some short videos in Massachusetts. Um, there is a law, and in Rhode Island, there's a law that people have to watch, or at least one person in each restaurant has to watch a half-hour video. Frankly, that's not enough. Um, but if, if you had everyone on your staff watch this half-hour video, that's, that's pretty good for a basic level of knowledge. That Serve Safe for Allergens program, that's also video-based. It's longer, more comprehensive, so that's good, too. So if, if you just want to start with the basics, now those won't make you as allergy-friendly as you know, a more comprehensive deep-dive program. Um, because what you really want, I guess, becoming allergy-friendly is twofold. One, you want to make sure your guests are safe. And, and, you know, from a business point of view, you want to make sure that you're not going to lose your business over this. And so, you know, basic training is, is good with that. Because whether you like it or not, individuals with food allergies are coming into your restaurant. Mm-hmm. So you've got to at least learn the basics. But if you go to the, the uh, deeper dive program, as I call it, if you go to a training program that's more comprehensive, not only can you protect yourself, but you could take advantage of an amazing business opportunity. And if you don't mind, Eric, I'd love to talk about that for a second. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the food allergy population, if you include celiac disease, is 5% of the U.S., and the average party size is 3 So the, the winnable market share, I'll say it's only 15%, but frankly, when you add in people with different intolerances, lactose intolerance, different sensitivities, gluten sensitivity, which is slightly different than celiac disease, it can be much bigger than 15%. But for argument's sake, let's just take it down and say it's just 10%, quote-unquote, just 10%. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, uh, a restaurant, let's say a restaurant with, um, with a sales of, of $1.75 million in annual sales, and I'm, I'm using a, a typical Ruby Tuesdays, uh, not saying anything about Ruby Tuesday itself and their allergy-friendliness, solely, solely because their numbers are, uh, are really easy to get from their public documents. But a Ruby Tuesday generates $1.75 million in sales. So let's say your restaurant does the same. And you get that 10% sales increase by, by going from allergy unfriendly to allergy friendly and winning this amazing loyalty, the size and the amazing loyalty of this community. And this community will keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Once people with food allergies find a restaurant that accommodates them well, they continue to return and they talk to others about it. It is a very loyal and, and very um, talk, uh, talkative community. So well, yeah, I mean, I feel like they're just so desperate at this point to find a place that can accommodate their needs. So it makes sense that they're a very tight niche group. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but go ahead. No, no, that's all. I mean, it's not even desperate as much as we just want to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So if you get a place that really gets it, now more and more places are starting to get it. But in our minds, it's still difficult. It's a scary thing. Nobody wants dining to be scary, and for no, the average American, not it's not. For a family with food allergies, dining first and foremost has to be about safety. And when your child takes that first bite of the food, you're watching pretty closely. Mm-hmm. So if, if you take that $1.75 million in revenues restaurant and you increase it by 10%, it goes up to you know, one point, uh, no, a little over $1.9 million, $1.925 million. Now, the profitability with a typical margin of 14 or 16%, somewhere in there, the profitability of that restaurant starts at about 290000 but when you get that incremental margin of 40 to 45 percent, because your staff is fixed, you know obviously your food and beverage is variable, but your other operating and your overhead is fixed. So when you get that very high incremental margin that you always get when you increase your comps by by 10 percent or so, you increase your profit not by the same 10 percent, but you can increase it by 25 percent or more. So you can see that 290,000 or so become 365,000. That's wow. a 75,000 dollar increase on, like I said, an investment in a little bit of extra equipment and in some training, so a total investment that should be less than $1,000. 
But let's say I'm wrong by a factor of five in both cases, or it takes five years to get there. Let's say instead of 75000 in additional profits, let's say you only get 15000 in additional profits. And let's say instead of $1,000 in, uh, as an investment, it costs five thousand. That's still a three, you know, a three hundred percent return on investment. Yeah. That's because, yeah. Or two hundred percent return. But sorry, you, you, you know, two hundred percent return on the initial investment. That's an amazing ROI. You don't get that anywhere else in the restaurant industry. So, this is great for business as well as great, you know, for, for the customer base. Customers will love you. They'll have no problem with the fact that you're making a lot of money by catering well to them. And, and like I said, they'll be very loyal. So there's an amazing business case that says you have to do this. Combine that with the fact that this is a problem that's not going away. And when you think about it, you can either, quote, unquote, get it now and gain the loyalty and the profits from this customer base, or you can do the same thing in three or five years once you've lost that opportunity. So well, yeah, yeah. all of the business sense in the world says do this now. Absolutely. This is an issue to understand now. Yeah, and you gotta, you know, you can't wait. You gotta pull the trigger and uh, capitalize on uh, these opportunities. Not that it's an opportunity; it's a sad thing that it's it happening. But it no, is an opportunity it, in a business sense. It is an opportunity. It, it is, yeah. and and no one should be shy about that. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with capitalism in America. And nobody in the, you know, nobody in the food allergy community is gonna say, well, you know, I I really love you for making my mm-hmm. family feel better, but you're making profits off of that. No, no, this is it's a business to make profits. A restaurant, and yeah. and w- that's how I try to speak to restaurant tours and say, look, this makes the most sense for your business. And these customers are going to love you. They're going to keep coming back. So you told us, you have a, a quick history uh, on the significance of allergy. You told us why uh, we need to be conscious and how, you know, what we can do at our restaurants to prepare for uh, or to accommodate these folks. Well, what's the call to action? After listening to this episode, what should the, my listeners do? It's very basic. I mean, the call to action is simply this. There's a safety factor, which means you, ha- you, have to, uh, you have to acknowledge and address this issue. You don't have a choice. Okay. But also realize that it's not rocket science to do this. It's really not difficult to become allergy-friendly, yet the returns can be, as, uh, as mentioned, they, they, they can be spectacular. So I would say, frankly, <laughs> this is self-serving, but anybody that's finding this even remotely attractive-sounding should come out and, and be a part of our conference on October 21st. Coming to the conference, you'll hear from doctors and individuals with food allergies. They'll talk about you know, what a food allergy is and what it's like for families that are going out to eat with a food allergy. As I mentioned, you'll hear from chefs and restaurateurs who do it right and, and who are excellent at accommodating individuals with food allergies. Um, you'll get a large chain, a small chain. You'll get an independent restaurateur. You'll hear from trainers about you know, some steps you can take as soon as you leave to become more allergy-friendly. Mm-hmm. You'll hear from individuals that can talk to you about substitutions in the kitchen. You'll hear from uh, myself you know, reaffirming this economic argument. It's a really all-encompassing way to get you know, one full day, as, almost as much knowledge as you can about food allergies, and which I think will then prompt you to follow up and say, we want to go forward. We want to get a training program in place. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would suggest people do. That's what I would suggest for the business, and that's what I hope for the community as well. So you've been a great guest. You've uh, really educated us on this matter, um, and we're going to start wrapping it up. But, but I, what I do is I provide an opportunity for all my guests to kind of uh, give themselves uh, a pitch and how we can connect with you and uh, tell us a, a, you know, a quick little bit about Allergy Eats and how Allergy Eats can help the folks back at home. Sure. So Allergy Eats is an online guide, as I mentioned, the largest online guide to allergy-friendly restaurants. It was, it was designed to be a consumer-only guide, so the restaurateurs wouldn't have any impact, kind of like a Yelp for food allergies, um, although we have 
different uh, moral business practices. <laughs> um, it's, it's really designed to help the food allergy community. That said, um, because a lot of restaurateurs came up to me and said, listen, I want to be more allergy-friendly, but I don't know how, that's why we started the conference that I've referred to. And so one more time, if you don't mind, no, it's at allergy allergyeats.com slash conference. It's October 21st in New York City. It's going to be, a, this is our third conference. The first two have been spectacular, amazing feedback. Um, and the other thing we do now is with restaurateurs that have already become allergy-friendly or have gone through a training program, whether it's from Allotrain, whether it's a celiac disease training program from the National Foundation for Celiac Awareness, Gluten Intolerance Group, or others. So for any restaurant who wants to share more about their allergy commitments with the community, which, which basically means enhance their listing on Allergy Eats. Because right now, every restaurant in America is listed on Allergy Eats with a very basic listing, and people are going in and rating your restaurants. So if you want to provide more information in your words, if you want to provide some more links to information that you have on your site, if you want to show off any training programs you've completed, um, we do have a, a partnership program, a very, very inexpensive partnership program, that we'd love for a restaurant to talk to us about. You can find it at allergies.com. Uh, you look for the tab that says for restaurant tours. And if, if you're having any problems finding that or if that's too much, just send an email to contact at allergies.com and say you'd like to know more about the partnership program. And we're getting more and more restaurants participating in that. It's a relatively new program, but they love it. And they're saying that, you know, as, as more people find out about their allergy friendliness, they're clearly driving more, which we're clearly driving more business um, to their restaurants. So uh, I, hope to, uh, I hope to hear from restaurateurs there. And more, more importantly, I hope more restaurateurs do decide, yes, we want to make the commitment to not only be knowledgeable about food allergies, but to really go uh, as far as we can to accommodate this great community. Awesome. Well, um, you've been extremely knowledgeable and uh, helpful for me. Um, Open my eyes to the this what we've been calling an epidemic, and um, more importantly, more importantly, you've opened my eyes to how um, we can get started in uh, trying to make our restaurants more allergy friendly. Uh, you've given us the direction, so now it's up to you guys at home to go in that direction. Uh, the the all the tools and the resources we talked about today, well, they'll be linked to uh, in the show notes. So uh, thank you so much, Paul. Uh, it was great learning from you, and uh, best of luck with trying to uh, tackle this issue. Thanks so much, Eric. I appreciate it. No problem. Pretty great episode, right? Uh, Paul really knows his stuff and uh, just goes to show that this isn't just uh, a trend that's going to come and go next week. If anything, it's going to get more critical because these kids, it's 8% of children have food allergies. Well, here's the thing, guys. Children don't stay children forever. They grow up, they become adults, and uh, their allergies don't go anywhere. So uh, these people will be, will be making decisions based off of where they can eat safely. And if you accommodate these people, there's going to be a, a profitable uh, something there for you. So <laughs> I don't know how significant it's going to get, how extreme it's going to go. I, I mean, unless they find a cure or they figure out exactly what it is that we're doing um, that's causing all this uh, mess in our systems and our bodies, then, uh, yeah, this is, like I said, not a trend. It's an environmental factor. And it's these types of environmental factors that are literally shift markets and uh, change the playing field. So where are you going to be uh, when everyone else is capitalizing on this shift in the, the market? And how can you help these people that have serious issues uh, – be able to go out and eat and dine like everyone else with not being able to worry about their throat closing up on them. So uh, don't forget, at the end of the day, this is the hospitality industry. 
our job is to serve others, and it's our responsibility to make sure everyone can come to our restaurants and uh, be comfortable, happy, and uh, enjoy our incredible services. And this is all part of it. So uh, do something about it. Uh, all the resources that we talked about today will be in the show notes. It's episode 43. So Restaurant Unstoppable slash 43. Bam! It's all there. Easy to grab for you to use and apply at your restaurants. And uh, if you have any kids or if you have any food allergies, go check out AllergyEats.com. It's a a great service that helps you guys uh, find out what's out there and who's accommodating. Um, Go give uh, Paul a knock on the door. Check out his website and uh, put it to use because it's it's good stuff and it will help everybody out. So uh, until next time, everyone, peace out.